Hi, I'm Ruby Ryder. Welcome to Pegging Paradise podcast number 292 on July 31st, 2022. Changing the world one ass at a time. My mission here at Pegging Paradise Podcasts is first and foremost to spread the word about pegging. I offer you accurate information to dispel the common myths and misconceptions. Basically, I spread the knowledge so that you can get onto the thrill of spreading your cheeks or your partner's. Another part of my mission is encouraging you to explore your out-of-the-box sexual interests without shame or embarrassment. Shame is the silent saboteur of sexual satisfaction. Don't let it stop you from delving into the world of pegging and any other consensual safe kink that calls to you. The journey can be exhilarating, breathtaking, and life-changing. If you would like to support this mission, become a patron of my work. All patrons have access to the podcast a day early, as well as a 24-7 chat channel full of pegging aficionados from all over the world. Rewards for the various levels of monthly support include written and audio erotica to titillate and instigate. Click the Donations button on my website. You can also make a yearly one-time donation and receive the same benefits as a monthly patron. Another way to support my work is by shopping at EnticeMe.com, the little black dress of pleasure products. Head over to EnticeMe and peruse a meticulously curated selection of luxury, body-safe, non-toxic toys specifically chosen for your thrills and satisfaction. For free shipping of your entire purchase, use the coupon code RIDER. That's R-Y-D-E-R. Need help figuring out which pegging equipment is the best choice for you? I offer free equipment phone consultations for customers of EnticeMe. And you'll be supporting my mission of spreading cheeks around the world. Hello, everybody. I hope you are all well, taking deep breaths, relaxing when you need it, doing good self-care, and finding your moments of peace and happiness amidst the wildness that this world is currently. I'm going to jump in and talk about an article I wrote recently, and it was inspired because I had a lovely visit with a new partner. And one of the things that it made me think about is rules around BDSM and definitions of dominance and submission and all those sorts of things. When people come to me and say, hey, I want my partner to be more dominant when they peg me, I always say, okay, you need to sit down and talk about exactly what that word means to you. What do you envision? How does that look? Because it can look entirely different from your perspective as compared to your partner's, unless you discuss these things. One of the common assumptions Um, I don't know whether it's an assumption or not, but it is not unusual to encounter dominant women who say, oh, no, 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 I don't give blowjobs, there's no way, and I don't let him penetrate me. Dominant women who are into BDSM. Now, how common that is, I am not clear. I'm quite certain there are dominant women out there who feel that way, and that is the way they conduct their um, connection with their partner. But at the same time, I think a large part of expecting those particular rules to apply to BDSM relationships comes from receivers of pegging or men reading erotica, 
BDSM erotica about femdom stuff, right? Because, you know, erotica is great, but it's not reality. It's just like porn. It's not reality. So it creates this world in which there's really strict rules and they get denied all the time. And it's very much from the male gaze. And what the reality is more often is that dominant women choose to do what they want to do with their partner. And of course, this is all negotiated and consensual. And of course, you switch the genders as well. And this is true, but just talking about femdom right now, because there does seem to be this kind of subtle, demeaning sort of a woman giving a, a guy a blowjob thing. Sometimes, right? So it occurred to me, I need to write an article about this, <laughs> right? Because I am a dominant woman who really enjoys sucking dick. I absolutely do. So I wrote an article called When Dominant Women Suck Submissive Dick. <laughs> and I put it up on FetLife and it kind of exploded but my main thrust, if you will, love that word, is kink is customizable. It, it totally is. Pegging is customizable. Dominance is customizable. You get to choose what works for you and your partner. You get to talk about the Venn diagram of the overlap there between what they like, what you like, and it doesn't have to follow any rules. You can make up your own as you go along. This is the thing about labels. The labels are helpful to begin with. And then you need to get curious because labels can, I mean, people want rules so much. Sometimes it makes me laugh, especially religious people. Uh, but, but, but I digress. <laughs> people think that, that as soon as they hear a label, that all of these things apply. And it's just not true. There's subtleties, there's complications, there's uh, really interesting little parts that you might not assume are part of what you have just labeled, whether it's a relationship, you know, all kinds of different things. Anyway, I wrote this article. I'm certainly going to give you a link for that in the show notes. And this was a response. This was one of the responses that I got when I put it up on FetLife. And I wanted to read it because what this does is it gives you a perspective from a giver of pegging who is submissive. And when I teach my beginner's class, I talk about how I really wasn't aware that this can be kind of a mindfuck for foundationally submissive givers of pegging because they're really not used to stepping into that role. But this person left a comment and I would like to share it with you. Uh, and that, that's the whole setup is right there. Thank you for your amazing words. You're on point when you state that it's no one's business outside of the dynamic as to what the rules are. I had an experience with an amazing Dom some time ago who was concerned that he would be conceding power if he asked me to peg him. We then discussed that if he found certain acts desirable and he commanded that I perform them, with my main objective being to give him pleasure, then the rest didn't matter. The look on his face and his growls to tell me to go deeper and him controlling all aspects of it made me feel lucky to serve him. And she closes with, fuck the rules, make your own. <laughs> so not only is that a way hot description of an encounter, but I so enjoyed it from that perspective. And I wanted to share it because I have that giver's discord chat 
And this has come up before, talking about submissive givers and how sometimes this can be a real challenge. So I wanted to share that. Hope you enjoyed it. Now let me give you a couple of responses here that I got recently. This was a response to the Challenges of Older Folks podcast, 279, about that remark. This touched on so many things close to home for me. It doesn't have to be age-related. For some of us, things stopped working the way expected back in our early 20s. The problem for us guys who have lived like this in finding someone revolve around gender expectations, gender roles, gender performance, creativity, etc. Your podcast talks about the alternative ways to have sex, thank you, by the way, including pegging, but so much to stimulate and in so many wonderful ways. But the exception to still have a functioning male part, which in some of our cases no pill will fix, is quite sad. As I have been told in so many ways, there is nothing like the throbbing warmth of a guy's member to let me know how much he desires me makes it not so surprising that offers of the man using a strap-on with the woman are met with cricket sounds. In terms of how to find, I don't know. Mainstream dating, and also those purporting to be related to our favorite topic, are all geared toward the standard biases for gender performance and expectation. Making something purely alternative in terms of pleasuring someone and being pleased quite hard to achieve. There is even a very recurring theme of a guy who is into alternative pleasuring with sex must also be subservient. I am a dom and you will do what I say. The mainstream reinforces the very things you are trying to avoid in finding someone. What really needs to exist is a simple way for those who do not meet the norms imposed on us to find each other. The mainstream and so-called fringe dating alongside of it certainly aren't it. Wow, thank you so much for sharing all of that. And here are my thoughts about it. One of the things that it makes me think of is there's been a movement, kind of, which I really enjoy and appreciate amongst sex educators that I have watched go by like on Instagram and places like that. Uh, things like normalize a soft penis and normalize outer course, okay? This is a term meaning all the other things you can do as opposed to intercourse, which I've mentioned before in my podcast. Why do people always default to intercourse? Why, when you hear the word sex, do you think of intercourse? There are so many other things to do. And if I have a partner who wants to do all those other things to me, as opposed to jumping right into intercourse, I am so happy because so many of the things that I really enjoy have nothing to do with intercourse. So yes, I totally get what you mean. I hadn't seen that before, that connection of a man who wants to do different things is somehow also connected to being subservient, because absolutely that is not always the case at all. Certainly not all of men who choose to do sex in a different way or have a physical condition that requires them to are submissive, goodness no. I'm sad though to hear that many women sort of look at a guy putting a strap on, on like you say, that the suggestion is met with crickets. I would have thought it would have been much more popular because it presents so many other options. You know, there is the, the physicality of it doesn't ever feel quite the same, but goodness, you can have a larger one, a curved one, a, a bumpy one, a vibrating one. You can have whatever you want. 
And of course, in my world, one of the reasons that I love it is because it places a, a tease uh, on the, the, uh, my partner wearing the strap on. Absolutely. You know, that is really fun for me. But I very much appreciate you sharing all those thoughts, and I hope my listeners have enjoyed it. Here is another response, and this one is to the man who shared about wanting to feel pretty in podcast number 291. I finally listened to your latest podcast. I can relate to the person who wrote about men feeling and looking sexy. This is something I've had trouble with for a long time. I like to wear things that make me feel sexy. Most societies, including more liberal ones, don't seem to encourage men to look their best, show their bodies, or try to stick out from the crowd. I don't always want to call attention to myself or show a lot of skin, but it would be nice if it was as acceptable for men as it seems to be for women. Oh, I totally support that idea a thousand percent. This is why I love the uh, people who are really bending gender expectations and wearing makeup as men and wearing dresses as men and things like this. I love that because I've always thought, oh my gosh, it must be really boring to be a guy because you get to dress in all all these kind of, um, I don't know, like you mentioned, it doesn't show off your body. And we have so many more choices. Oh my gosh. We have so many more choices. Not only what we wear, our makeup, our hair, we can get to do so many things. And I'm enjoying watching younger, younger generations really embrace that and wear these things and use the makeup and play because that's what it feels like for me as a woman is I get to play and yeah I get to play in all of the spectrums of colors and the sensations in different fabrics and how they fit yeah I hear you thank you for adding to the conversation Okay, and here is another letter. A brief story about me. I am in my early 50s, happily married for over 20 years to an incredible woman. I came out to her as bisexual about a year ago after repressing it my entire life. It has been challenging to say the least as I very much want to stay married and honor my love and commitment to my wife. The obvious problem is that now that I have fully accepted my sexuality, my wife does not naturally possess the equipment that I now desire very much. Enter our journey into pegging. It took some time for her to come around. I sure wish I had known of the existence of podcast number 112. We have had several pegging sessions so far, five I believe, and we are on the very steep learning curve of training her on how to fuck. Interestingly enough, our third session produced an incredible hands-free orgasm for me, but we have not been successful in replicating it. Frustrating in the moment, but I am doing my best to take the long view. I am sure you have run across our situation with other couples. We use pegging to help scratch my bisexual itch. She is opposed to exploring ethical non-monogamy at this point, and I go back and forth. I want to experience the real thing and all that it entails, but I also don't want to push our relationship to a dangerous place. Baby steps are the order of the day. Considering that my wife's sexual history is firmly rooted in the vanilla, which I love experiencing with her, she has made tremendous strides in branching out to a more kinky reality, so I am hopeful for our future and one day getting a hall pass to go indulge in some sex adventures. So that is our current reality. 
we are in a mixed orientation marriage and doing our best to make it work for us. The pegging has been a godsend and has definitely brought us even closer together, for me scratching the itch and for her giving her the perspective of a wider reality of pleasure and physically relating to my bisexuality. I'm still closeted as far as the wider world and want to keep it that way at the moment for both emotional and financial reasons. Thank you for what you do and what your podcast, website, and personality bring to this amazing journey we are on. Love and hugs, Dan. Dan, I have never heard anybody use the phrase mixed orientation marriage. That's interesting. I had never heard it phrased that way, and that's exactly what it is. That's fascinating. I really admire your clarity that you write with in your description of how this is all working and how you look at it. You you write really well about it, I have to say. And it seems like not only do you write well about it, but your clarity in terms of how this is all working, where you are, and, and how it all comes together is beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. So congratulations on coming out to her. And also, congratulations on taking those baby steps and really looking at the entire scenario that you have, the entire experience as a whole, very holistically, and knowing that this might get there someday, but baby steps one at a time, and still, you're living your truth. Good for you. (laughs) And also, I send my congratulations to her for that steep learning curve. Good job. It's a difficult place to be, but it's an exciting place to be for many new givers. Thanks for the letter, Dan. And here is my next one. I want my wife to be able to get some sort of pleasure while doing me. Is there any strapless dildo that would go with a harness? I've read that it is sometimes hard for a woman to keep a strapless dildo in a lot of the time. I just want my wife to get some sort of pleasure. Thank you. And this is from Mark. So... Those of you who have listened to my podcast a really long time, it's like, we're just going to let the podcast play. I'm going to walk out of the room. I'm going to go get myself a soda or something because you've heard this so many times. But I suggest you stick around because I have a surprise for you. First of all, Mark, absolutely, there's all kinds of equipment that can help your wife have some pleasure as well. I suggest you take my equipment webinar because... There's a little bit of trickiness and individuality in matching up the way that your wife usually gets off with equipment that can give her that experience. There's a bunch of different ways to do this, okay? Your wife might be somebody who likes to grind against something to get off. Your wife might like external clitoral vibrations, internal stimulation. There's a bunch of different choices, and that's the point. So I teach to all of that. Now, one of the first toys that comes to mind because you mentioned strapless dildo and there have been a lot of advances in that field up until recently the very best one that i was recommending was strap on me which is a fabulous french company and they make a double-ended one which is what you call strapless but i do want to caution you sir they're absolutely not strapless I'll put a link in the show notes to the article I wrote called The Truth About Strapless Strap-Ons because they're, they're not freaking strapless. They're wonderful toys, so I call them doubles. I have renamed them doubles. And I'm really happy to see that a lot of people are taking on that word because they're not strapless, they're doubles. 
That means a part goes in her and a part goes in you. You definitely need a harness to hold that in. And you mentioned a strapless dildo that would go with a harness. There are lots and lots and lots of choices about harnesses, but to go on with the strap on me, it's a double. And there's three parts that vibrate. The, the bulb that is inside the vagina, externally up against the clitoris, and at the end of the shaft that goes inside you. So I wrote an article about that. I did a review on it. I will put the link for that in the show notes as well. But guess what, everybody? <laughs> this is for all the rest of you who are going, yeah, yeah, I know all this. I know all this, right? They came out with a new toy. And if the only way that you connect up with me is these podcasts, you will not have seen it yet because I posted it up on Instagram and my website and on FetLife as well. I did a review, but it's a partial review. One more time. It's funny. It's like a deja vu from when I did the partial review of the strap on me vibrating bendable one, right? Because I didn't have a partner and it was, it was um, covid so this time, they actually, in their little uh, d- um, directions, their little book of directions on how to use this toy, they suggest that as the giver, you use it yourself and figure out how to get off with it first. Why? Because that surface that used to have the vibration of the clit, the vibration externally, right? They put a clit sucker right there. Oh my God. So the link for that review is going to be in the show notes as well. There's all kinds of stuff going to be in there. And here was my experience, basically. When I used this, I have to say that I had never explored any kind of clit sucking toys. They're all over the market. And by the way, I'm going to put a link to what Tiffany over at Entice Me considers to be the best clit sucking toys. (laughs) She is the goddess of all of the things in that regard. She knows the best ones. So I'll put the links to what she considers to be the best ones. There's a bunch of different kinds. There's sonic ones and this and that. And I guess I shied away from the clit sucking toys because although I require really intense vibrations for clitoral satisfaction, for orgasms, my clit is really, really sensitive. So for some reason, I pictured sort of like pulling the hood up on the clit and having something suck on it, which would be excruciating, right? And that's not how clit sucking toys work. You can do that, and yes, it's overwhelming for the vast majority of us, I'm sure. But what I found was that that little circle, which actually, it's a circle, and then it's indented, and inside it's got a little tongue part that vibrates. So it doesn't really suck, okay? It's more like it's this beautifully designed sort of hole, if you will, that can give you really intense stimulation. And... I found that you can take that and move it around and maybe approach the clit from the top or from the side or this kind of thing. And I had this experience that a good friend of mine described as like the soul sucking orgasm that happens really quickly before you even know what's going on. And yes, I was talking to her on the phone and I laughed so hard because that is kind of what it felt like. It's like, Okay, boom, and I wanted to play with the toy for a bit, right? So that was a surprise because, yeah, I can come that quickly with like a magic wand type thing. The Le Wand is my favorite. WeVibe makes that. I'm sorry, B-Vibe makes that. And I'll put a link for that in the show notes as well. But 
the thing that surprised me is, you know, it happened so quickly and it's like, okay, well, I want to check the toy out. So I'm going to go for number two because it is called, what they've named it is the Strap On Me Multi-Orgasm Bendable Strapless Strap-On, I think is the whole name, but they do call it the Multi-Orgasm. I thought, okay, let's check this out, right? So I used it to play around the edges and things. And I had the bulb inside me vibrating. My favorite vibrating uh, vibrational pattern is like an intermittent, a slow intermittent. I love that inside me, but a constant on the outside. So what I think they've done in terms of the engineering of this toy is it's the exact same motor in there. It's just that they've changed the surface of it. And so now what happens is that vibrates and it is with this wonderful clitoral stimulation. So about seven minutes later, I had another one and this orgasm wasn't so quick and, um, uh, wow, what's the word for it? Soul sucking. <laughs> that makes it sound bad. You know, all orgasms are pretty good, but it just happens so fast, straight up, straight down, boom, done. But this one was much longer, and this happens often when I include internal stimulation as well. It was longer, it was rolling, it was very satisfying and went on for quite some time. So that is what they advise in the little direction booklet is to use it to get yourself off first. And so I'm thrilled with the getting myself off first. I thought, well, shoot, I can use this as a masturbatory toy when I have a little bit more time and I want to involve the internal stimulation as well. It's just rocks for that. I have not used it for pegging yet and I'm not sure how it's going to work for pegging because the placement of that little clitoral stimulation thing is so precise that I can't picture, you know, thrusting into somebody and having it work well in that regard. However, I do picture having a toy buried inside my partner and pushing against it. And so like pushing in him a little deeper, maybe my partner's had a full on fucking for quite some time and now it's my time to come. And I get to do that while still inside him. And he could turn on that vibe that is in the end of it, um, on the end of the shaft that's inside him as well. So I think there's a lot of potential here. And while I, I do have a partner now to play with and test toys with, uh, you can't test them all at once. That's just not the way it works. <laughs> you have to do it one by one. So I look forward to the point where I do get to test this with my new toy tester. But, you know, there you go. It takes some time. So that's the long answer, Mark, <laughs> because this new toy is there. So I'll put some pictures up and things as well for you guys to take a look at. So that's the long answer, Mark, <laughs> to your question. There's all kinds of toys out there. And there's all kinds of pictures that I put up in that review on the post on my blog, and those will be in the show notes. Okay, and let's see here. This is a wonderfully long, comprehensive look at a bunch of different things that actually this wonderful guy sent back in May. I wanted to send some fodder for post-masturbation month blog topics. <laughs> Let me preface. First, as you may know, I've actually listened to every one of your podcasts over time in varied settings. For example, home, car, working out. While I know you prefer music when you work out, your podcast can be very motivating, especially when doing squats. <laughs> 
Second, I have been going back and re-listening to a few of the podcasts, including recently for The Gentleman, as I have needed some motivation. Third, I should advise while my partner of 30 plus years is on board, she has never listened to podcast number 112. While she engages in pegging, it's few and far between. I must instigate, and I believe she is involved just for my pleasure. Of note, while I have considered purchasing a new harness, you provided excellent options per my question towards the end of podcast number 286, for her and other accoutrements, not sure about throwing good money away. So he's got some subheadings here concerning for the gentleman slash motivation. As noted above, it seems my desire for pegging ebbs and flows. Granted, I just moved to the north side of my mid-50s, yet physically and mentally I believe I am younger, or so my general practitioner advises. However, I assume age, changing of hormone levels, and other physiological and psychological changes may contribute concerning desire or lack thereof. Luckily, my partner does allow me to view porn sans prejudice, including pegging, as I find with aging, having external additional stimuli can be helpful. She sometimes watches with me and even commented the amateur stuff I enjoy usually has a receiver with similar physical traits to me. For example, slightly older, beefier build, similar to the image from podcast number 278, masculine-oriented attire, if anything. There's nothing wrong with feminine lingerie or similar on a guy, just not our thing. Okay, so back to thoughts on pegging. As you are well aware, you truly offer a surface including being knowledgeable, insightful, and ahead of the curve, as it's been 12 years since you began the blog journey, and many of us are very, very thankful. Granted, while pegging is not in the mainstream, and probably never will be, which is fine, it is surfacing in popular culture which is interesting as we seem at the same time to be going through a cultural backlash concerning the populist desiring Pleasantville of the 1950s. Did I mention I have a crush on Reese Witherspoon? <laughs> With similar conservative values, for example, anti-choice, more conservative than Sharia law and orientations, which freaks me out as women are the majority, but I digress. Here's the next subtitle, The Man Understanding Penetration from a Receiver's Point of View. One of the more inspiring aspects considering pegging for me has been the pleasure derived from being penetrated. What I mean is, pegging allows a man to experience what cisgender women experience. I recently had a conversation and cocktails with two open-minded female friends. We were discussing how when a heterosexual man engages with multiple female partners, he is considered a stud or similar. Yet when a heterosexual woman engages with multiple men, they are considered sluts used in a derogatory manner. Yes, a double standard, yet... I shared a woman who knows what she enjoys and engages sans shame or judgment. She is in my world on a pedestal and should be respected, not shamed. Having been penetrated, I now more appreciate how and why a woman enjoys being penetrated. See Tom Ford's quote on this subject. And it's interesting, he gives a link to this, Tom Ford's quote, and it is a HuffPost article, I will put that link in the show notes, even though I really dislike um, linking to the HuffPost, mainly because a long time ago, uh, they fired all their writers and they started uh, using things from people's blogs and saying, hey, exposure, yay. But uh, 
Tom Ford has a lot of wonderful things to say. And I do recall linking to this. I think I put it up on Twitter and things. I did a search on my blog, and I guess maybe I might have talked about it. Probably not. But I did put it up on social media. And he has a belief, Tom Ford does, that every man should be penetrated once. Every man should be fucked at least once, right? Ideally, pleasurably. I'm sure he says that as well. But it's a lovely little article to read, and it's not very long. So I'm going to link to that. So now we go on after... The person who wrote this in says, see Tom Ford's quote on this subject. While most commercial mainstream porn depicts women being subservient and participating to pleasure men, I can more appreciate cuckolding and or hot wife, a term I hate, videos. While we personally do not engage in such activities, as wife has no desire, I truly believe a man who allows slash encourages his wife or significant other to engage in sex with other men for her pleasure is probably more enlightened, assuming not just doing it to get his own mental pleasure, providing his female partner the opportunity to enjoy physical and mental stimulations that for generations have been considered the domain of men. For example, women stay home, men have affairs. While I, like many men my age, run into erectile dysfunction issues on occasion, I now more appreciate my wife's desire to be penetrated. Thus, I have purchased dildos specifically to penetrate her. For example, more realistic design, yet fun. And he has a picture of a translucent one with confetti inside. Uh, and then he says, now at the market, we see funfetti cake mix and we start laughing. <laughs> I'll put a link to that. It's called a silicone confetti dildo. <laughs> and he goes on to say, With some modifications, I use our Aslan Commando, which she never liked, too severe concerning design, but we use when engaging a double, and I enjoy leather in general. As a harness, and I penetrate her, the trick is to wear a jock or similar to encase the penis, and yes, I am well aware of dual harness options. I have no issues using the harness and a dildo to pleasure her. This setup also provides guidance for me concerning tactile sensations or lack thereof. As a man, you now experience how a woman feels wearing a harness and the lack of tactile feedback when using a conventional setup. Point is, communication and direction are important, as unlike the actual penis, you cannot feel if you're hitting the cervix or if she has climaxed. And this next subtitle is foreplay. When men are receptive concerning pegging, I truly believe they have a new appreciation concerning foreplay. Unfortunately, men have been conditioned to assume foreplay is unnecessary. As for us, we just need to get erect and penetrate. Yet when on the receiving end, we now must understand not only prep prior, but how to relax, needing to be turned on to be receptive, willing to accept penetration. While I believe I have been attentive to my female partner, coupled with age, engaging in foreplay and afterplay is important. From a personal perspective, I usually desire my partner to climax at least once before engaging in pegging as I want her to know how she is appreciated and desired. This next subtitle is Tolerance of Others. While watching pegging porn together, my wife has commented on the receivers who suck on the giver's dildo. The many men, regardless of physical stature, wearing traditionally feminine oriented attire, and so forth. Of note, my partner had a strict religious upbringing in the Bible Belt. I explained, A, it's their desire, B, if they enjoy it, what is it not of our concern, and C, 
No issues with me, as I am more the masculine props, for example, jock, and while not to her liking, leather chaps are my choices for attire during pegging play. Again, I really enjoy leather. My vegan relatives would be appalled. <laughs> and the next subtitle is attire. As mentioned, I am a fan of jocks and leather chaps. Full disclosure, I am licensed to ride a motorcycle, <laughs> which I rarely come across in amateur pegging porn. There seems to be a predominance of receivers in more feminine-oriented attire. While there is nothing wrong with this, unfortunately such images may reinforce incorrect stereotypes, including the receiver must be bi, curious, or gay, desires to be a woman, take your pick, and I know you enjoy a masculine guy in dainty attire. I explained to my partner, some enjoy role reversal play, and anecdotally, seems that some women who strap on a dildo may feel more empowered, contributing to the role reversal theme. Granted, have yet to see a woman in a jock with a harness, and not sure I want to. <laughs> However, in my visual desires, there's nothing sexier than a woman in La Perla, oh, you have expensive taste, or similar, sporting a harness and dildo. <laughs> then he's got a link to La Perla lingerie, which is very expensive and absolutely gorgeous. Then goes on to say, personally for me, it's more interesting psychologically. My undergrad degree is in psych, as I possess the conventional definition of the conservative masculine appearance, for example, beard and broad build. Couple this with wearing a jock, functional or fashion, or leather chaps while being pegged, it's a dichotomy of being the outwardly and internally a masculine guy, being penetrated by a cisgender woman and enjoying it. Add to this the attire, as jocks and chaps both accentuate the glutes, just as conventional feminine lingerie excess accentuates the breast and the pubic area slash backside via dainty lace designs, transparent sheer fabrics, ruching, and so forth. You are one of the few men that I have ever had use the word ruching. <laughs> ruching is that gathered seam that goes right between the butt cheeks and makes the butt cheeks look amazing. It's on the Sasha harness, and yes, that's what ruching is for all of you. So, moving on here. It's almost taking the societal constructs concerning masculinity and its associated appearance, yet turning it on its head while being penetrated, while being on all fours, my favorite, and or riding cowboy. Some grad students in psychology studying human sexuality and pegging could have a field day with this. <laughs> and here is our next topic, anal pleasure. Granted, for many... A taboo subject. While not an issue with the ancient Greeks and Romans, unfortunately usually associated with male homosexuality as defined in classical art and sculpture, as heterosexual men, for many we believe the holy grail is when our female partners let us penetrate them anally. Even though we know physically the anus has many nerve endings and thus pleasurable, regardless of biological sex, the male penetrating the female anus is considered acceptable and encouraged. Yet again, the past construct may be male pleasure-oriented, as the idea of a female enjoying anal penetration does not seem to be acceptable. One still comes across comments like, how can a woman enjoy receptive anal when they do not have a prostate? Or, the woman is just being submissive to please their male partner. Again, while female receptive anal is becoming more mainstream, it is rarely in the context concerning her enjoyment. Yet refreshingly, there seems to be more options for women, including jeweled butt plugs, B-vibe line of toys and plugs, and so forth. I'm going to pause in my reading of this for a moment and say... That one of the things I teach in my beginner's class 
is I hold up a 3D model of the clitoris, and I'll put a link to that. The whole point is that the clitoris is much, much bigger than anybody realizes, and if you haven't looked at that photo, you really need to click into it and check it out. It totally explains why penetration both vaginally and anally can be extremely pleasurable for women. Absolutely it can. Okay, now I'm going to go on with reading some more. <laughs> Thus, for men, we have been conditioned due to physiology to be the penetrator, the female anus a sacred prize. For us men to admit to deriving pleasure from receptive anal is either gay, taboo, or both. Even myself, who I considered enlightened, still at times feel challenged if wanting to engage in receptive anal, either with a partner or solo. For example, I find the visual of a woman masturbating vaginally, anally, or both to be an extreme turn-on. I encourage and enjoy watching my partner pleasure herself. To me, it's a beautiful sight. On the flip side, I would love to have her watch me engage in anal masturbation. It would turn me on to put on a show for my female partner. However, one, I'm not sure it would be of interest to her, and two, the societal constructs, again, sends the perception that male anal masturbation is either gay-oriented or perverse or similar. I found one video, and this is labeled semi-professional, where the guy engages in anal masturbation. That's the words connected to the link. His wife wakes up and subsequently fists him. Unfortunately, she does not peg him. Such videos are few and far between. There's all kinds of wonderful links here. In my fantasy world, I would love for my wife to walk in on me wearing a swimmer's or similar jock, working my anus with plugs and dildos, prepping for pegging. Just not sure how such a scene would be received. I've done it on a limited basis, knowing that pegging was on the agenda that evening. This may be an interesting topic for the givers. Would you be turned on to watch your partner anally pleasure themselves, or watching their male partner prepping himself for pegging? I've noticed on Reddit the number of men who comment they engage in solo play even using their wives' toys, yet their wives don't know about it. Such a shame. For all I know, it's common for partners to watch their partner engage in masturbation, just not in my household. And the next topic, chemical enhancements for mood setting. I know you have cautionary advice regarding substances altering one's senses, which is even more important when engaging in anal play. I hate admitting this, and after 30 plus years with my partner, you would assume no issues. Yet we usually engage in a cocktail or two, never more than two before pegging, and on rare occasions, a low-dose edible, which is legal where we live. As mentioned, her Bible Belt upbringing advises alcohol is the devil. So much for Jesus turning water into wine. <laughs> My upbringing in a liberal coastal city revolved around consumption within reason. I find that if she has a cocktail or two before we engage in pegging, her inhibitions are lessened, and she is more engaging, even edging towards some dominance peeking through. It seems the alcohol, of course, lessens her inhibitions and subsequently removes the socialization concerning traditional female roles where sex is concerned. For me, it is a similar experience as I feel less inhibited and subsequently more engaging slash active, including cowboy and other active positions of getting on all fours and requesting to be fucked. Very out of character with my conservative buttoned up orientation and more expressive concerning the pleasure I am receiving. I know for me, the alcohol allows me to shut off the how are my actions going to be perceived and lets me indulge more unencumbered Again, it is interesting when those engaging in pegging use alcohol, marijuana, or other substances to enhance or lessen inhibitions concerning pegging. 
And here's the next subject, being a good bottom. Your podcast notes were enjoyable, and I am in total agreement. Yet again, due to inhibitions for some, I assume being a good bottom can be challenging in as much as communication both verbally and physically. As one of my gay buddies advises, what is great about gay men, they have no issues expressing what they desire when hooking up. He says he is versatile, yet orients more towards being a top. Yet this is the issue. As for a man engaging in sex with a cisgender woman, it cannot be easy to advise. By the way, I like to bottom. Not sure how that would work on Tinder. (laughs) At the end of the day, it comes down to communication. Yes, let's face it, communication can be and is challenging between past baggage, societal norms, not knowing how one will be perceived, and so forth. If it were so easy to communicate, I believe conflicts both big and small would be eradicated. With all of that said, let me again say thank you for your work and engagement. Honestly, your podcast and related have allowed me to drop some inhibitions. It's a long road. Enjoy my sexuality. Be more expressive in the bedroom. Hey, I have gone from t-shirts to naked to jocks and chaps which is my male lingerie. I do that for me as I have told my partner to choose lingerie which makes her feel sexy and desirable. And I have gotten to the point of not feeling shame, embarrassment, or hesitation concerning what pleasures me. And this is signed Joe. Joe, that is quite the write-up. Oh my gosh. You've done a lot of thinking about this. And you've come a long, long way. I really would like to have a magic wand and get your wife to listen to podcast number 112 (laughs) because it sounds like like you said with the alcohol which by the way I really enjoy having a couple of drinks before I do pegging Um, I usually don't have the drinks if I'm doing any kind of impact play but that's not in your wheelhouse so because I I am a very responsible top where things like that are concerned uh, because there's risks, absolutely. But I don't mean to be a real black and white person about substances altering. You just need to be present. And for some people, just a little bit of something really, really helps those inhibitions, like you mentioned. So I don't have a problem with that. I am not a fan of poppers because I think there's way too many risks of getting pure poppers. And there is a link I'm going to put in the linkorama one more time. And for those of you who are just tuning into the podcast, it's like, what is this Linkorama thing? I've done so many podcasts. I mean, literally, this is number 292. And I started calling the spot in the show notes where I put all of my my links, the Linkorama. And for many of my posts up on my blog, I have that heading on there. But basically, it's just the show notes. Anyway, I'm going to put a link to an Instagram post by a a gastroenterologist, a gay doctor. His name is Dr. Carlton, and he has a write-up on poppers, and I think it's really, really important to read that. He gives all kind of receptive male anal advice because he's gay. So I follow him on Instagram. He's wonderful. Dr. Carlton, C-A-R-L-T-O-N. And my point being, you know, a little bit of altering is fine because it does let down inhibitions. It's the danger of too much. So I don't have any real judgment about that. So you can let go of your embarrassment. Absolutely. So to reiterate, I really wish I had the magic wand to 
have your wife listen to podcast number 112 because it's clear that you guys really care about each other and that you have a pretty solid relationship just from what you've told me in this extensive sharing. And I'm a firm believer that when the caring is there, when the desire to please your partner and a love and caring for your partner exist in relationship that you've managed to uh, handle the stresses and strains of all the different stuff and the subjects that come up that are difficult to the point where your relationship is still solid and loving. That when a potential giver of pegging is in a relationship like that and listens to number 112, that they can't help but just take that in a little bit more and go, oh, this is how you feel about it. Oh, this is how important this could be. Wow, this is really intense. And also the vulnerability of all that as well. The vulnerability is um, heartwarming. It's there's a fair amount of women out there that love men being vulnerable because we don't get to see it very often, especially when you've been with someone for a long time and they only allow their vulnerability out here and there. And men are trained not to let their vulnerability come out. Anyway, I'm waxing poetic here on how much I would really like her to listen to podcast number 112. Maybe after a few drinks, you know, maybe after a few drinks and see if she would just be willing to listen to it cozy on the couch with you too. Anyway, that's my dream. (laughs) Thank you so much for all of your perspectives. Uh, You've been, you've analyzed a whole bunch of stuff and presented a whole bunch of ideas that I think just fit right in and are wonderful to share with all of my listeners. So thank you for writing in. I enjoyed reading all of that and um, got my fingers crossed on that 112 situation. (laughs) Thanks, Joe. Here is my next letter. Hi, Ruby. I'm writing to you today because I'm at a point where I don't know what else to do. I have been with my husband for 17 years. Our sex was great. We were in love and nothing could come between that, or at least I thought. One day we went to a sex show as we were curious on what we could find there to spice up our sex life. While we were there, we came across butt plugs and we were interested in trying it out. We were both excited to try something new and it went great. My husband then suggested we try pegging as he loved the feeling of the butt plug, so why not try it? I was uneducated at the time on the subject and agreed to try it, but didn't know exactly what to do. My husband always researches things he's interested in, so he was well educated on pegging before I was. We bought a harness and toy and tried it out. We both enjoyed the excitement it brought to our relationship and my husband loved the feeling. Because I was uneducated on pegging and didn't put the time in to do research, I left it as something we would do once in a while. That left my husband feeling like I wasn't interested because of the lack of research and willingness to initiate it. Throughout our relationship, we had arguments here and there about how I thought it would be a random thing and not all the time and my husband wanting more than I was giving. At first, this made me think, is he gay? Does he want to be with a man, but instead he's just hiding it and wanting me to peg him? Like I said, I had done no research and assumed a lot. I would ask my husband if he was gay and he would say no, that he wanted me to peg him and not a man. 
At the time, I was confused and not confident in his answer. He then brought up how he enjoys cross-dressing and wanted to dress up while I pegged him. This made me uncomfortable because I didn't know why my husband would want to wear women's clothes if he's not gay. This made my husband feel ashamed and lose confidence in himself over time. Knowing what he wanted and not being able to act on it in front of me, he would dress up while I wasn't home. Over the years, we did have good times pegging together and made a lot of great memories. As the years have gone by, I've tried to educate myself more by reading and listening to your podcast, which I have found to be very informative. I got pregnant and we were over the moon excited, but this also put pegging to a halt and my husband's wants and needs were pushed aside and my focus turned to our child. With the shame and guilt he had about cross-dressing and the time of no pegging went by, it started to create a gap in our relationship. Here we are now, our daughter is five years old, and I can say I am more educated on all of it now. I would love to peg him, and my perspective on cross-dressing has changed. I find it a turn-on for him to wear a sexy bra and panties while I peg him. However, because of all the years I shamed it and didn't pursue it, he has a difficult time believing me and allowing me to peg him. Is there anything you can suggest to help me get him to let me peg him again? How do I build on his confidence now that I have ruined it all these years? Is it possible to get back into pegging and love doing it together? Or is it unlikely that pegging will be a part of our relationship again? You may not have all the answers, but at this point, anything will help. I really want us to have that fun again and bring the excitement back to the bedroom with confidence for both of us. Thank you for taking the time to read this. Sincerely, the wife who just wants to peg her husband again. Oh my goodness. Wow. That's a lot. That is such a lot that you've been through. You described the reaction, the initial reaction of so many potential givers so well. So many women out there drop right into the, well, okay, if this is what you want, I guess. And are you sure you're not gay? And have judgments and assumptions. That's exactly why I made podcast number 112. And it's exactly why I put so much energy into spreading the word and trying to correct those myths and misconceptions and assumptions, because this is exactly the situation that I'm trying to help out. It's wonderful that you see it so clearly. I don't know. Oh, and also, it's absolutely wonderful that you've turned that corner. Now you consider it a turn on. Now you want to do this. I don't know what you've communicated to him. I don't know how your conversations have gone. But... Well, here's what I picture. I picture coming to him and taking both of his hands in yours, asking him to look you in the eyes and and apologizing really, really sincerely and eloquently and at length about how much you regret not educating yourself about it, shaming him, not giving enough interest to his interests, not being interested enough in his passions to research it, to correct your myths and assumptions and misconceptions, and really dive into this. If you haven't done an apology that sincerely, that intensely, that heartfelt, that, that from the heart type of thing, 
That's the first step. That's the first thing that I would do. As far as encouraging him to dress up, maybe buying beautiful little outfits and just saying, I got this for you. If you ever feel like wearing it, I would love that. I think it's a turn on to see you cross-dressing now. And I want to encourage it in any way I can. And there's no pressure. Put it on when and if you want to. So little gifts like that might be lovely. I guess what I'm trying to describe here is beyond that first apology, what I would default into is seduction. I totally, totally would lean heavily into seduction. I would tell him he's got a cute ass. You really want to fuck it. You remember fucking him before and you want that. You're kind of hungry for it. I would ask him while you're having sex if you can play with his ass and do more and more of that. You know, show your fascination for his pleasure that he receives from that part of his body without the pegging equipment. Just playing with it, with rimming, with fingers, maybe with small toys and things. Forget the strap on for right now with butt plugs. You know, suggest that he put a butt plug in when you go to the bank and make a deposit. (laughs) I'm laughing now because every time I talk about this, it's always going to the bank and making the deposit. I don't know why I default to that example. Because you can certainly put a butt plug in and go do whatever. You can go buy the dog food at the at the feed store. You can go to the market and shop for groceries for that night, right? <laughs> but it's always the bank and the deposit. There's some sort of sexual reference there about the deposit. And anyway, we're going to just pass that right up. <laughs> there are toys. There are vibrating butt plugs where you could have the remote. You could invite him out to dinner, give him this vibrating butt plug, and then you could use the butt plug while you're at dinner. Been there, done that, man. So fun. I call that clandestine public stimulation. And just really try to get him much more comfortable with receiving anal pleasure from you. It might take a while. And I I hear that, that he's a little gun shy now. Shame is powerful. Shame is so powerful. But apologizing over and over and over again and stating that when he is ready, you would love to include this in your sexual relationship because the thought of it excites you and you are totally down for jumping back into exploring these things and adding them to your sexual treasure chest of choices. He's really lucky. I have to say that, that you enjoy cross-dressing. Not all partners enjoy their partners cross-dressing. And there seems to be a pretty intense dividing line. So I'm really happy for him that you have turned that corner. Congratulations on doing the research. And of course, with your five-year-old, that's a challenge. That is a big challenge. So if you have a way to have one night a month or two nights a month, ideally, where your five-year-old goes to the grandparents or to the babysitters and spends the night and you guys get to have your together time, that would also be ideal. You probably already know this, but if it's a scheduled thing, for your five-year-old, then they can look forward to going to whoever's place that is that they're going to spend the night, right? 
and you too can absolutely look forward to it. There are other toys as well, like uh, ones that can be operated at distance over Wi-Fi. So there's a butt plug he could have in uh, where he's somewhere. You know, you both of you get to choose that what he's comfortable with. And you can start off like at the other end of the house. I want you to wear this butt plug and I'm going to have my phone. And every once in a while, I'm going to make it vibrate. <laughs> See, there's all kinds of really fun things you can do. But trying to get past that shame... And, you know, underneath it, maybe some resentment. The very last thing I'm going to say, because otherwise this podcast is going to go on too long, is that he might have some anger. Underneath it all, he might have some anger. And invite him to let that out and tell you, maybe if he was mad, that, you know, you just shut down and, and treated it like it was no big deal. That if he wants to express that, you will listen. You will take it in. So that's my last thing. And of course, you know, going to a sex positive therapist is an option as well. But I don't know if you, uh, if you two need that. And it's not a, you know, you a black and white thing. You either need it or you don't. It's just that I think that you've got a nice base there. From what you're saying to me, um, I think you guys can work this out. So... Let us know what you try. Let us know how it works. And if you need some more ideas, shoot me an email. <laughs> I've got so many ideas on things to do. They lean kind of heavily into the femdom thing, but I don't know if he enjoys that or not. Uh, but I can take that femdom thing out of there too. And just give you ideas like bob plugs in restaurants with remotes. <laughs> okay. Good luck to you. And once again... Congratulations on doing the research and turning that corner. He's lucky to have you. Pegging Paradise is where you can find my blogs, podcasts, and my erotica. Pegging101.com offers informational pegging articles only without the kink. My podcasts are available through any of your favorite podcast downloader apps. You can also stream my podcast directly from my website if you like. The follow tabs has links for you to subscribe to my blog, follow me on Twitter, Instagram, FetLife, Reddit, and TikTok. When you order new exciting toys from Entice Me, please do remember to use that coupon code RIDER for free shipping. Send your questions to Ruby at PeggingParadise.com. No question is too wimpy, too wistful, or too wallowing. <laughs> my listeners are going to learn along with you. Please don't hesitate. Throw those questions in my mailbox or record your question on the voice app of your phone and send it to me. Thank you so much for downloading and listening. You rock. Happy pegging and no shame. <laughs>